0: And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. What's going on, everybody? Uh, been a while. took a little bit more of a hiatus than I was expecting, but I am in fact back, so it's, uh, it's good to hear from you. Good to talk to you, etc., etc. Doesn't sound like I miss very much though. You got uh, what? The Packers look good in training camp. Packers look bad in training camp. Uh, Cut a kicker, signed a kicker. A lot of signings and cuttings around the NFL. Uh, Mike Pinnell is a rival now, so you know there's that. Rogers is dating a witch. You know, I mean, just it's it's just normal stuff, normal life. So I think I'm gonna dip out for another week and uh, i'll talk to you guys later (laughs) fine i guess we'll i guess we'll elaborate a little bit um should we start with the witch thing because let's be honest that's that's kind of funny i i didn't do a lot of digging into this because i just i just can't do that um but and and to be fair i don't even know if they're dating that's that's like a rumor how do you know if somebody's dating by the way They're like, here's a picture of him and this person, so they're dating now. Like, wait wait a minute. Let's let's slow down. First of all, I'm looking at a picture of Aaron Rodgers standing next to some lady. Maybe they just took a uh, selfie together. Maybe Rodgers doesn't even know her name. I mean, I know this isn't the reality, but I'm just wondering how we got from one to the other. Because it can't just be a picture, right? Did she put on Instagram, I'm in love with Aaron Rodgers? But even that wouldn't do it. Did Rogers say something? How do we know? I'm nervous about taking a picture with Rogers now. Be like, guys, guess what? Big news. Um, you might want to sit down. You know what I mean? So somehow, uh, there are people out there that can look at pictures and be like, oh, they're definitely dating. Something. I don't know. Whatever. Somehow, we know that these people are dating. Presumably. What that even means, I'm not entirely sure like they went out and got coffee once or are we talking engagement because I know Rodgers moves fast here here's the bottom line though let's let's just let's just cut to the end because I know um at least half the audience is like I'm turning this garbage off I don't care about relationships here let let's just be real honest about this this is um what what do we know about Tom Brady Rodgers has done everything right Rodgers has worked hard he's you know studies he's intelligent he's talented I mean everything you could want to be for a quarterback he is but he's still not winning Super Bowls and I think he finally just gave in and was like all right I'm doing what Tom did I'm gonna marry a witch now before we freak out it is my understanding that a lot of the weird stuff that Tom Brady gets associated with is because of his wife Witchcraft and seances, and I don't—I don't exactly remember, so I'm—I'm I'm maybe making some of this up, but it's really weird stuff. At at a bare minimum, she's super into Ouija boards, you know, but I think it goes a little bit further than that, and so that that kind of um lends itself to the theory that Tom Brady has sold his soul and is in cahoots with Satan, and that's how he's able to win so many Super Bowls and stuff. And Rodgers is like, "Look, I don't have much time left." I've tried doing things the right way. The system is obviously rigged, and um, I kind of am tired of doing things the right way, and I want to start taking some shortcuts, and so I'm going to do what Tom did. And so he literally went out and found a witch. You know, and, and so, you know, it actually kind of connects another dot for me, because I, the more I think about, and I, believe me, I try not to think about it, but the more I think about that whole Karma thing, let's be honest, that's not a health thing. That is a wicked ritual from the pit of hell. Maybe it's like an initiation ritual or something, you know, like you have to do something horrible. And so that was just sort of um the first step, and now he is betrothed to um Blue of the Earth, which is, I believe, the name she goes by. Um And honestly as a Packer fan, I I, I don't care as long as the the whole thing works you know i'll let aaron Rodgers figure that out. he's the expert you know and he's friends with tom and they you know and that's why he's spending so much time with tom brady now it may, see golf tournaments and everything else that guy has been practicing golf more than football because he wants to get in with tom because he wants to be like dude listen just there's got to be another witch out there somewhere right like you don't have the only one is anyone tracking with me right now or am i all by myself because this as stupid as it sounds, it kind of makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? But again, also, maybe, maybe they just took a picture together. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what I'm hoping for either. You know, like the part of me that cares about Aaron Rodgers as a human wants to cry out to him and say, please, please don't do this. But the selfish part of me is like, dude, you need to put a ring on that or something. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. You ever see The Devil's Advocate? Anyways, um, what else is going on? Uh, Jay Kumaro was released, or cut, or whatever the terminology is. And so, obviously, Packer fans are um, excited about that prospect. We're kind of in a weird spot right now where I can simultaneously look at it and say, that's really stupid, we don't need Kumoro And also, yeah, maybe. I mean, dude could technically come over here and be number two, maybe? I don't know. I mean, he's more experienced. He's well-rounded. He has, uh, you know, a relationship with Rodgers. I don't think it's impossible. I mean, I wouldn't guess he's number two, but maybe. It's a competition. I mean, that, that probably would be my answer if I was GM. and If GM of the Packers and somebody came up to me and asked me what to do about that, I'd be like, that is the dumbest thing ever. But yeah, I guess sign him. Sign him and then resign because you're an idiot for suggesting that to me. Probably Probably go something like that uh, Lazard is back, which I guess was expected, but it's one of those kind of hold your breath thing. It, it's, it's the same thing. It always, especially this happens a lot in the off season when there's nothing to do, but either get excited or panic or, or get angry or whatever, overreact. Again, it's, it's stupid and you look at it and you're like, nah, that's dumb. And then as it goes along, it's like, is it dumb? And then you start convincing yourself that it's maybe not dumb. And you think about all the other times that people you thought were just hanging out and then turns out they actually were, not just hanging out, and we're going to leave. And then when they come back, it's like, yeah, why was I so stupid? Like, we knew this was going to happen. Why why, why am I such an idiot, and I fall into that every time? So you see that news, and it's like, yeah, I guess we knew that, even though part of us, part of myself at least, was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. He might be holding out for more, and then if we can't pay him, we're going to let him go, and that's going to be horrible. Or we're going to pay him $10 million a year. That's also horrible. But it's off-season non-news big news. That's the clearest I can make it. And that's that's pretty much everything on this list. <laughs> everything that happens in the off season. It's either big news or non news big news. Which is nothing that we convince ourselves might be something. There's also a lot of um and I hesitate to call it non news big news because <laughs> obviously we don't have this resolved, so at this point it just feels like big news. But a lot of um a lot of thoughts over comments. Uh, one of the big ones is about David Bakhtiari, and again, I'm 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 torn because I I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I am nervous. But I know if I tell you I'm nervous, and he starts and suits up week one, it's kind of one of those you bunch of idiots. He was always going to play week one. Why were you panicked? And it's like I don't know, dude, because I'm an idiot, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's really not stupid because the whole point of what we're talking about right now as far as comments is that Matt LaFleur is telling us he doesn't know he doesn't know and so the comments you know from Matt LaFleur about David Bakhtiari is time will tell we fully anticipate him being ready to go but you know we did last year as well I think time will tell we feel good about the work he's put in and where he's at so the bottom line is unless they're just flat out lying but they're not going to lie in a negative sense. If he's full go, they're just going to be like, yeah, 100%, he's ready to go. He's not saying that. So it's either things are bad and they're not telling us, or it's exactly what they're telling us, which is we don't know. We have really no way of knowing because basically his knee is perfect, but we don't know until we put some stress on it how it's going to react. And we don't want to put strain on it now because we want to wait as long as possible. So again, non-news, big news, but probably more toward just big news big news not not necessarily because we know anything is bad but just because it's significant when the head coach is even saying we don't know in other words is there a possibility that this dude's knee is just jacked up to the point where um he just can't do it because again if, if you're talking about a year year and a half two years of rest Granted, he's, he's putting some strain on it, but minimal in terms of like actual gameplay and that type of stuff. Actual practice, like digging your feet into the turf and pushing back on a 300-pound man. That type of strain on your knee. Not just ladder drills. That's a different thing altogether. And um, if, if it's been, let's call it a full year, year and a half... And you just can't do it. I, I I mean, is there a situation where it's like, yeah, probably in like three years, you know, or or two full years? I I don't know. So it's it's gonna be um, it's just gonna be a hold your breath thing, and hopefully it's it's a news non news thing where he goes out and plays, and then everybody just shrugs like, yeah, I don't know what you guys were freaking out about. We told you we were happy with where he's at and everything. It's like, fine, you know what? Fine, go ahead and lie to me. But again, at the same time. We don't need to take this as a negative, right? It's, it's not automatically, because he's not saying that he's good to go, we should assume he's not good to go. That's not necessarily true. They made a plan just to be ultra, extra, massively conservative to not allow him to put too much strain on his knee, and they're not going to know how he's doing until they put strain on his knee. So he's really ultimately just being honest and saying, I, I don't know. We have no reason to believe he won't be okay. Everything seems fine. His knee seems strong. Doctors say he's doing fine, but I can't tell you the answer because I don't hundred percent know. I know I don't need to elaborate, but you know that I have to. So I'm going to give this example because this is just this is just what, it's what I do, man. All right, it's it's either why you're here or it's why you're never going to listen again. I, I I can't stop. If you go out and buy a lottery ticket and they're going to read the numbers tomorrow, and somebody asks you, did you win? The answer is, the only honest answer is, "Um, I don't think so, but I don't know yet. It's kind of the opposite of what we're dealing with, Rogers, but it's, it's it's inversely parallel. That makes absolutely no sense, but you get what I'm saying, maybe, possibly. Not inverse, but like mirror image. Point is, you can be I mean, literally, mathematically, what, 99999999999 percent sure that you didn't win the lottery? Probably some extra nines belong in there. But you don't 100% know yet. you got to find out that you lost tomorrow. With, of course, this very, very small, thin chance that you won. And additionally, parallel, there's going to be some butterflies. There's going to be that excitement until they read that first number and you're already out of it. Right, but there's still going to be that what if. And that's kind of what we're at with Bakhtiari right now. I'm sure it's not, you know, 99.99999999% sure. But we're still fairly sure. I think the only real question, because I think everything I've said so far is dead on. The only question is, what is the percentage? And I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to give us that number. Are they 99.9%? Are they 90%? Are they 50-50? That's the question. And again, I don't think we necessarily get an answer on that. Somebody could try. Maybe somebody already has and I missed it. I don't know. It might be worthwhile to just be like, hey, look, just level with me. Like, give, give me a percentage that he's playing week one, good to go, going to make it all season, no damage whatsoever. I'm not talking about new injury. I'm talking about re-injury. I'm talking about not being fully healed. What What, what are we thinking? He plays week one and is out week two because of his knee ballooning up. That's the only interesting question, and we're not going to get an answer to that, so all we get to do now is hem and haw, and every time Matt Lafleur answers the question in the exact same way he has for months, which is what he basically did here, we get to panic about it all over again because he didn't come out and say he's fine. So that'll be fun. That'll be great. There's a bunch of additional comments made by Devontae Adams. Um, Don't want to super spend too much time delving into all this. Uh, he did confirm that the Packers offered him more money, so there's that. So anybody that's still holding out on the, you know, Gutekunst let him walk train, I think it's time to jump off, man. I think it's time to let that one die, because that's just not really a thing. I know 99% of us already know that. I'm stuck on 99 today. i got to come up with some different numbers. I said 9 a lot today. I understand most of you already get this, but for Florio and a handful of Packer fans, they literally did everything they could and Devonte has come out and said that yes they did offer me more money still wanted to come here so i think we're all i think we're good on that there were also comments that he made comparing him to Derek carr i i just i think we put too much stock sometimes in comments i think we forget how hard it is sometimes when people ask you questions off the top of your head to not you know i think we feel like everybody crafts their sentences perfectly not just that they've had like a week to to perfectly plan the right answer, but that they, not only that, but they have like these cryptic messages mixed in and hidden messages. And we give people way too much credit, man. They're standing at a podium. Somebody hits them with a question. They're like, yeah, you know this. And I'm guessing a lot of the time they're, as they're answering it, shortly after they answer it, maybe the next day, I don't know. They're, they're sitting there thinking, what the heck did I say that for? It's not really what I meant. And then things just spiral out of control. He compared Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr and said that there are similar. Of course, there's similarities. They're both in the top. Again, with the percentages, but nine, <laughs> the '90s again. How about this? We'll do the other, the other way. They're, they're in the top. Not even one percent of all quarterbacks. Top point zero 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 one percent of quarterbacks. Of course, they're similar. All right, and so it's it's when you look at it from that standpoint. And then you figure, okay, he didn't exactly mean that. He was more specific. Okay, but how much more specific? Then you add in layers of he's supporting his quarterback, he's supporting his friend, so maybe he's being a little bit fast and loose. Maybe he does think a little higher of Der- uh, of Carr than he should. But you just blend all this together, and it's like, it's just, it's just words, man. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Everybody on the planet Earth knows that. I'm assuming Devontae knows that. And again, similarities can mean anything you know, they have a lot of similarities. Of course they do. Derek Carr has incredible arm strength. So does Aaron Rodgers. Cool. They're both experienced veteran quarterbacks that have had great years and done great things, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, if, if you really wanted to push the issue, I mean, somebody could, maybe they already have, I don't know, but you know, the next time he gets in front of a camera, maybe somebody's going to push him on that and be like, specifically, Like, who's the better quarterback? Again, he won't answer that because, again, Derek Carr is his quarterback. Derek Carr is his friend. So unless he wants to flat out be like Carr's better, which would be a little crazy, he's just going to avoid the question and just say the same thing all over again, that they're both really good quarterbacks and there's a lot of similarities and Derek Carr doesn't get enough credit, which, again, I think is part of the equation. Everybody knows Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows how great he is. The problem is Devontae has been hearing for, ever since he left, how he's, Getting this big downgrade, big downgrade from Rogers Dakar, Rogers Rodgers Rogers to Carr. It's this big fall off, and so he's coming out and he's like, "No, sorry, he's he's, he's just going to stick up for his guy. That's it. Try to put those comments to bed. It's not going to, but that's that's his goal. You guys think it's a big drop off? It's not. Sorry, great quarterback, still going to crush it out here. Don't worry about it. But people have been getting spun up about the comments. Who cares? The one comment I did find kind of interesting. Um, and it, you know, Devonte just kind of bore his soul a little bit. Maybe it's just one of those, I got my last big contract. I don't have to care anymore kind of things. Um, but the interesting comment, and I'll just read it here. It says, I got aspirations of doing really, really big things and being remembered. And I just wasn't really at a point in my career that I was willing to sacrifice Aaron not being there after a year or two. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic that I guess I didn't really fully think of I know it had brought up been brought up in the past but it also kind of puts a more positive spin on all this whereas we want to either blame Gutekunst or blame Rogers or blame the culture or whatever that that he felt so needed to get out of here or just kind of take the tact that I did that you know it's just that they're such good friends and he's a Raiders fan and that's really all we need to worry about but there is another dynamic to this and it isn't about anybody being a bad person. It isn't about a bad culture or anything like that. It's about Devonte doing what's best for him, and it's just another layer to that. Yes, Carr is a good friend. Yes, he's a Raiders fan and all that, but also, again, there are some kind of selfish desires there, which is fine. I'm just I'm just saying that for those of us, myself included, who are kind of nervous about that aspect, the fact that he left, the fact that he wants to be gone, you can look at it and say it's not because of a fatal flaw in Green Bay. Now, Another way you could, if you really wanted to put a negative spin on this, is to say that um, basically he's played with Jordan Love and realizes there's nothing there. That would be the one negative spin you could put on that. But again, it doesn't have to be that way. He went over there and was given assurances that Derek Carr was going to be getting a new big flashy extension, so he'll be there for the long haul and Devontae can continue his career racking up stats, you know. It is maybe a little bit surprising that he didn't try to go somewhere else. I mean, just based on the quote, I've got aspirations of doing really, really big things and being remembered. Now, you know, again, maybe he does believe in Carr or maybe that's only half the equation. The other half is just wanting to be out with Carr and all that. But I feel like you could probably go somewhere else and get a bunch more stats. You know, I don't know if Denver would be willing to take you, but having Russell Wilson as your quarterback would be huge. The Chiefs, you know with the whole Tyreek situation maybe they didn't he didn't realize that they were going to be on the market because they didn't know about the Tyreek situation I don't know but you know there are other really really top tier quarterbacks out there that maybe would be willing to bring in Devante and I don't mean any disrespect to Carr he's fine but if if your ultimate goal is being you know Jerry Rice tier or whatever you need to be able to leave Green Bay and go out and dominate somewhere. And I don't know that the Raiders are the best environment for that. But whatever. Again, just some additional insight that I thought was kind of interesting. And just just the honesty of it was appreciated. You know, Rodgers doesn't seem to be committed. He doesn't really want to be here much longer. I plan on being in the league a long time. I want to have a partner in crime, somebody I can grow with and learn with that's going to be around for a while. So now's my time to dip and I'm going to do it. Fair enough. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break here couple other things I wanted to touch on uh that we can get caught up on and uh we will call it a day. So we'll take a quick break, we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, continuing on with the comments, 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 Aaron Rodgers um, making some comments about the wide receiver room that were kind of given a positive spin, but I kind of thought was um i don't know it's, it's one of those things where it's like that, that makes perfect sense i just wish you didn't say it you know i'm going to do something i don't think i've ever done before i'm going to read this quote there's two sentences but i'm going to read it in reverse i'm going to read the second sentence of that aaron Rodgers said first and the uh, first sentence second the second sentence in his quote was we have some production we have a lot of potential now if you just look at that that's a fine quote it's a it's a great quote all right, we've got some guys that have put in work, but we've also got a ton of potential. Right? You can take that and spin that up to mean all kinds of positive things. Here's the first sentence though. I like production over potential. And again, I, I appreciate the honesty from Rogers and Devontae and everybody that's basically just there's no filter. They just say whatever they want to say, but and, and, and again, this is not even a stretch to say that we we knew this, right? We we know this, we understand this. Rogers in particular does not have an affinity for new guys but i think in general the packers matt lafleur everybody uh, even around the nfl there there's more of a um there's there's a need to understand what you're doing and um so it, it just kind of goes without saying that you know potential really has no value i mean if we're if we're just kind of breaking it down again going back to the lottery ticket lottery ticket has a lot of potential but you try to call up the number on the back and say, hey, I want this money, it's not going to do you any good until tomorrow when they read the numbers and it says that the the numbers are all correct, which it probably won't. And what is production? Production is proof that you've done it in the league before. So again, I mean, if we really just think about it, Rodgers is saying things that are so blatantly obvious. But also there's just this feeling of, especially the fact that he's just coming out and saying it, there's this feeling, at least to me, that Rodgers is looking at the wide receiver room, and he sees Lazard, he sees Randall Cobb, and he doesn't really see anybody else. He's going to work with the young guys, he's going to do what he has to do to get them up to speed, and he'll he'll begrudgingly utilize them on the field when necessary. But I just think he's he's really going to have a hard time coming around to any any plan, any scheme, any design that is heavily weighted toward let's get the young guys to the forefront. And so the next thing I wanted to mention was sort of this offensive and defensive rookie of the year type stuff and, um, you know, the potential of that. But I think offensively, if, if you had to pick between Christian Watson on offense or, or whoever it is you think it might be, Dobbs or whatever, or say Devontae Wyatt or Quay Walker, you might be safer going on defense just because there isn't a guy at the helm that controls everything that is flat out telling you that he's just not interested in working with guys that don't know what they're doing. Again, he's going to have to, right? That's that's not a question. He's going to have to. But he's clearly not going to like it very much. And that part of it just kind of makes me nervous. He's going to want to throw to Randall. He's going to want to throw to Lazard. Maybe the, the tight ends, Winfrey, the running backs, anybody. Anybody that's been here, that's done it, that's caught passes from him in the past, understands the playbook. We'll see. Time will tell. But again, it just it's, just it's just because of comments like these that would just make me not super optimistic about, especially early and often. Now, obviously, let's just use Christian Watson as the example. He can change that pretty quickly. Even if Aaron Rodgers is slow to come around to him, if he's always in the right spot, he's making plays, he's reliable, he understands the plays, the playbook, um, he's in the right spot at the right time, catching all the passes that come his way then we're off to the races. But um, I do see that growth being stunted. You know, whereas you you look at Cincinnati and Jamar Chase, I mean, there's already a relationship there. Joe Burrow doesn't have a relationship with anyone. He's not worried about production over potential. I mean, he might be wanting to lean on veterans and all that kind of stuff, but he's a young guy himself and he doesn't know anybody better than Jamar. So yeah, he's going to force feed Jamar. Plus he's the best wide receiver on the team, so who cares? Let's make it happen. But the Packers are just different. Rodgers is different. LaFleur is different. They're looking at this team. They're looking at this ball of potential in Christian Watson. And then they look at Lazard and they go, "Mm, I prefer Lazard. And again, it's not a big deal. And I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a put down to the wide receivers, although I'm sure it doesn't make them super happy. But I think that's just the culture there in general. I don't think he's saying anything he wouldn't say to their face. Just this understanding that, look, don't think you're coming in here and just taking over because you're an early draft pick or because we're light at wide receiver. You are so far out of my mind right now it's not even you're, you're not even a thought and it's gonna take a lot of work for you to get up to the point where I'm even thinking about looking your direction or or allowing you on the field for that matter. So I don't know we'll, we'll see how it goes but I, I mean they're, again, they're gonna to have to prove it. It's not going to be like Jamar Chase where he's really struggling and then by week three or four like things just start to just starts to figure it out and takes off like a rocket. They like to bring guys along slowly. And if they're not in those very limited opportunities out there crushing it, well, you go back and sit for a little bit. That was kind of the issue with Amari. We didn't have a big enough sample size. Now, he probably could have earned some more snaps if he had come out on the field and just dominated, but he didn't. So they put him out to give him a shot. You got your reps. Good job. Congratulations. Come sit down. Packers weren't losing anything by taking him off the field, so they took him off the field. And with the Packers, when it comes to, you know, training up guys and... and nourishing potential compared to putting the best product on the field right now so we can win this play this drive this quarter this game that's their priority And as I've said that goes for practice and stuff too Amari's not getting practice because we got other guys that are going to be on the field instead of you and why would I give you all the reps when you're going to be sitting on the bench and again compare that to Jamar Chase you're on the field all the time even if even if you suck you're out on the field that's it it's not a question trial by fire you're out there every play every down and you go out there and you drop balls until you stop dropping balls and start catching passes and start getting touchdowns and then we're off to the races and we're good to go the point is the Packers receivers I don't think are going to get that luxury and even if Lafleur wants to do that and say nope Christian you stay out there because we need you and you know you got to stretch the field and all that there's another layer of getting Aaron Rodgers to even think about throwing your way so it's it's kind of a weird situation where, on one hand, you know that element of the Packers. It's not debatable. That's just how they are. On the other hand, we've got, you know, three young, talented guys that can produce, and there's going to be more of a desire to get them more involved, and, and the, the odds that at least one of these guys is actually going to really impress and be on the field quite a bit, kind of that whole unstoppable force and object thing going on where something's got to give, but excited to find out exactly how that plays out. Anyways, uh, I wanted to talk quickly about that. There was an um, article here I saw, and I don't know about other sports books, but um, this is via Zach Cruz. He's over at uh, USA Today, and USA Today has their own little sports book thing. Uh, Typico sport book, I guess, is how you would pronounce that. Um, mentioning kind of what I had talked about previously, that um, we actually have, and i and I. As I said, I don't think I'm just being optimistic. I've never really felt like we had very good offensive or defensive rookie of the year candidates, but I think we do this year. Christian Watson has the fifth best odds, which, you know, maybe all things considered isn't the best, but probably a lot higher than we've had in a very long time. And so the only guys in front of him right now are Kenny Pickett, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Brees Hall. And I think you can make a pretty strong argument against some of these guys. For example, I think, although Kenny Pickett makes the most sense just because he's a quarterback, I think it's going to be a long shot that he comes out and just dominates anything. The odds that he's a great quarterback and, you know, none of these wide receivers go off, it just seems so low to me. Drake London definitely makes sense. Traylon Burks is certainly a possibility, depending on if that guy can get his breathing issues under control. And Brees Hall, I just, I don't know, man. First of all, again, just based on the trends, I lean wide receiver winning offensive rookie of the year. The trends and just how many wide receivers got taken again, which is, I guess, part of that trend. But also, I just can't see a Jet winning offensive rookie of the year. That team was so bad. So, so, so bad. And so I, I don't know, may, maybe they just lean heavily on the run. They become this ground and pound, you know, run the ball defense type team, although their defense is terrible, which is part of the problem as well. If your defense is not good, teams running up the score, you're going to have to pass, which means you're not going to run, which means Brees Hall does not win offensive rookie of the year. So, I mean, it, again, it, it comes down to how well these guys do, but it's, it's equal across the board right we can look at it and say yeah but we don't know if Christian Watson's even going to be any good right we don't know if Traylon Burks or Drake London are going to be good either or Garrett Wilson or any of these other guys so if we level that playing field it really for me just comes down to how much playing time is he going to get and again if we assume the guy's playing well although the Packers have a penchant for not putting guys out there if Christian Watson is an early pick he's playing well he's going to be on the field and now all we're dealing with is a really good wide receiver right? Because we're just assuming that for for each of these guys. In a situation where he doesn't have a massive amount of competition, he's going to be the deep ball guy. He's going to be the run after the catch guy. He's going to be high target, high reception, which means stats. So I think it makes sense. Uh, Tipico also has um, Quay Walker as one of the highest uh, with fourth best odds. Actually tied with Kyle Hamilton. The only ones that are higher, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker. And I, I'm not going to go over all of it again because I've already kind of talked about this. But again, it's just nice to get verification from the sports books because when you start looking at it like this, you start to think, well, I'm a Packer fan. Maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but it just makes sense to me. And I even mentioned it makes more sense than Devontae Wyatt, even though you would think Wyatt would make the most sense. That's the guy with the potential to get all the sacks. But I, I just, I think there's there's plenty of potential here for him to number one, get a bunch of tackles, but even more importantly, be used on blitzes get the sacks. If you can get six, seven, eight sacks, maybe one interception, and just just be a good player outside of that, I think he's, depending on somebody else being a monster, I think he's in contention. And again, if you look at it, Kyle Hamilton, lots of questions about him. Aiden Hutchinson, not a great situation. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau with the Giants, he's kind of a lone man out there. Trayvon Walker, First of all, Jaguars are terrible. Second of all, um, he's kind of a potential guy, you know, kind of like Rashawn Gary. Although, you know, the big bigger issue with Rashawn on top of needing time to grow was that he didn't get a lot of opportunities. But uh, still, uh, it really, for me, for Christian Watson or any of the wide receivers or even our defensive players, I really just think it comes down to what role are the Packers going to play. And um, how often are they going to use him, right? If Devontae Wyatt is next to Kenny Clark all the time, starting in week one, I think there's some really high potential there. If Quay Walker's on the field, you know, 90% of the game, 90% of the defensive snaps, I think he's got some potential. But it also comes down to, are they going to blitz him and how often? Because the Packers don't do that a ton. But if they start with him, lots of potential wide receivers. I mean, it just, just tell me they're going to be on the field a lot, and I'll, I'll put their name down. Pick a wide receiver, tell me they're going to be on the field basically all the time as a number one, number two in Green Bay's offense with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to say that I'm, I'm probably going to end up picking them to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's just a matter of if, because some of these other teams are going to force people out. Drake London's going out, period. They're not sitting Drake London. Traylon Burks, I don't know. Brees Hall is, I'm assuming, unless he's just bad, he's going to be the guy. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, he's a pass rusher. He's on a team that's horrible, so he will be out there every down, except when he's on the sidelines sucking wind and getting water, and his only job is to get sacks. So it's not a matter of, well, are they going to use him in that way? Yes, that's the only thing he'll be doing, tackling running backs and getting sacks. Anyways, there's a couple other little things here. Um, I think I'm going to keep it a little bit short today. Nothing overly exciting going on. I'll save a few more of these for tomorrow. Um, Devin Funchess is a lion, also a tight end now, so that's that's a thing. But um, I do have to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.